Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Today, we'll be talking to Lakers guard Quinn Cook to talk about his time during quarantine, his views on the NBA season, and to discuss his role in Basketball County in the Water, the new Showtime documentary that chronicles his home county in Maryland, which has recently produced more professional basketball players than anywhere else in the world. If there's one thing we have discovered these last few months, is that quarantine has amplified the need for quality sports content. As ESPN's The Last Dance proved it, the desire for quality, nostalgic, thought-provoking sports documentaries continues to grow. Enter Basketball County in the Water, the latest basketball project led by Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant and his company 35 Ventures, co-founded with his agent Rich Kleiman. Out on Showtime this Friday, the piece deals with Prince George's County in Maryland, bordering D.C., which is also KD's hometown. The area has recently developed more NBA, WNBA, and pro talent than anywhere else in the world. Since the turn of the century, PG's County has nurtured 25 NBA stars, more than 12 WNBA stars, and even more who attended high-level colleges. This may be an impressive achievement for any major county or city in America, but the story becomes even more amazing when you realize the area's population is just approximately 800,000 residents. The film is more than just talent production, however. It's really a story of community and how through social, economic and race-related challenges, the region relies on its people. Quinn Cook, the 27-year-old guard for the Yellow Lakers, is one of them. Cook, who was one of the top-rated recruits in 2011, ended up with Duke and is already an NBA champion with his former team, Golden State. He joins us to talk about his experiences growing up, the film itself, the NBA, his community, and much more. Take a listen. Good 
Joining us now is Quinn Cook, Lakers point guard. He was also playing college at Duke, was one of the top-rated basketball recruits in the class of 2011. Cook won an NBA championship with the Golden State Warriors in 2018. He also played for the Mavericks, the Pelicans, and he's also part of this amazing story of Basketball County, the new documentary with Showtime and Kevin Durant about this incredible area in Maryland producing unbelievable NBA talent. Quinn, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Quinn, let's start with the upcoming documentary on Showtime that I just talked about, Basketball County in the Water, uh, about Prince George's uh, County, Maryland, and how this section alongside the D.C. border, produces an overwhelming amount of NBA talent, including yourself. Talk to me about the project and how much were you involved in it? Um, I was very much involved. Um, you know, it, it was a dream come true for me. Uh, I majored in theater, so I've always, like, been in, you know, to documentaries and, you know, editing. And I'm more, like, behind the scenes uh, of the theater. And, uh you know, um, it's something I've always wanted to do, just shed light on where I'm from, because it, it's such a unique place and a, you know, close and, and together uh, place. And uh, anybody from there tell you the same thing. We all support each other, especially the guys who play basketball and, and who've made it, you know, to college and, and, and any type of pro. So, uh, you know, for Kevin and, and, and Rich Kleinman to bring me on, it means a lot, man. And, and I know we've created something that, you know, everybody will love. I mean, I can't wait to watch it. As you mentioned, you're part of this story in a crucial way. You've said in the past, even though you're physically in L.A., your heart is always with PG County. How was it there growing for you? Talk to me a little bit about your childhood growing up. Um, it was it was fun. You know, we could do a lot. You know, we had, you know, football, baseball, you know, basketball, any anything sports related. And just being a kid is something that, you know, any kid wants, you know, just different opportunities to be great. And uh, for me, just growing up there, I had so many resources and so many people to look to, so many people to idolize. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I'm lucky to be from where I'm from. Specifically with basketball fans and this documentary, what do you think people are going to get out of it uh, as they put your community, you know, on the big screen? What, what do you think we're going to get out of it when we watch it? Um, just how together we are, just how close we are, and just how much each other means to each other. Um, it's no hate, it's no jealousy, it's nothing. It is really all love, and 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 it's really a brotherhood. I think you know when you start to look at different cities, uh, uh what players is from each city. We compare to the LA's and the New Yorks and the Chicago's, and our we just talking about one county. We just talking about one small county. We're all five to ten minutes away from each other, like. We all grew up together, go to school together, go to church, same church, same barbershops, everything. So I think that's the, the unique part about it. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't really realize it until you start naming the names. And uh, it's, it's, it's just an amazing pool of talent and not just basketball, just, just it, it, it dives into, you know, uh, more about, you know, our county. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about yourself, obviously, Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo as well. We could just go on and on with the names. Do you think, because you talk, you're talking a lot about unity, community, love, friendship. Do you think that's a major reason why the ratio of the growth of NBA talent has come? Obviously, talent is a, is, is a major part of it, but this support around each one, each individual is probably a big key. Would you say you agree with that? No, for sure. I think everybody plays a big part. Um for me, it's like 
the guys who made the NBA are the only guys who really get, you know, that publicity. And obviously the resources is different and fans and, and, and just basketball culture watch us, you know, on a nightly basis. But for me, it's like the people who didn't make it. We all have a lot of guys who, you know, chose wrong um, paths. And, you know, sometimes the political side didn't work in their favor in basketball. So uh, they didn't get to go as far as we did. So for us, it's like we want to share like everybody to the people who didn't make it, the people who helped us get here, the coaches, the just everything, the pioneers in, in D.C. and uh, Prince George's County is something that means a lot to us. So you talk a lot about that amplifying everybody. And, you know, you actually show that a lot with your own foundation alongside your family, you know, just continuing to help the area, especially during this time. Earlier this month, for example, handing out meals to local police and firefighters. How important is it to you that you stay close to this community, even when you're, you know, across the country? Oh, it means the world. It means the world. You know, I, I know how much it, it means for, for, for myself, for my peers, to continue to give back and help. Um, it's, a, it's, it's just a blessing because that's what the, the guys before us did. And we want to just keep, you know, uh, moving that forward because we want to help everybody. And, uh, you know, for my family just to be on the front line during this and, and helping out and, um, you know, if I was a basketball player or not, like my family would, does the same thing. I grew up. We used to always, you know, Thanksgiving, um, Christmas, we will go feed the homeless and stuff like that, try to help out. Um, my parents used to always try to instill, like, you know, you guys are lucky. You have a roof over your, over your head. You have two parents. You, you, you're not missing meals. You have clothes on your back. Um, never, you know, take that for granted. So, you know, that started early. So I think uh, I can speak for myself personally. If I didn't make the NBA or not, my family and myself would still be on the front line, you know, helping others because that's, you know, how we were raised. Yeah, and even more so now during this pandemic, you see that, uh, you know, that unity even more so. Let's talk about you, Quinn, for for a second. You've you've previously talked quite honestly about your experiences, you know, with the pandemic, especially when it broke out. And when you took the test early on, how, how was it for you? What were those feelings and how are you feeling now um, as the country deals with this? Yeah, um, the test, um, my experience, I mean, I think a lot of people would tell you it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's, it's a rough eight seconds. But, uh, you know, it's worth it you know, just to have a peace of mind and you know, get the right information and, and, and how to go about things. And uh, you never would have thought the world could come to this. Not saying it's the worst thing that could happen ever, but it's just a unique time for all of us. And we don't really, you know, have a, a grasp of what's going on. Like, there's like no right answer. Like, you know, it's just a lot. No uh, vaccines or anything. So listening to the experts, listening to our government and just taking precaution, you know, staying six feet away from people, uh, staying away from large crowds, practicing social distancing, washing hands for 20 seconds. Uh, all that stuff counts. All that stuff matters. And there's a lot of stuff that we grew up, you know, being taught, <laughs> really. So, uh, you know, I just go about it how everybody else is, just trying to stay positive. It could be a lot worse. I pray for the families and, and the people who are affected by this, who can't go to work, who have to live on a, you know, check-to-check basis and their checks aren't coming in because there's no work. Um, the people whose family situations and, and household situations aren't comfortable or, you know, just, you know, we're very lucky. I, I know I, I'm very lucky and blessed and, you know, I, you, the season's not going on and can't go outside as much, but, you know, uh, it can be worse um, for myself. So uh, I always keep that in mind and, uh, you know, just trying to hope everything gets back to normal soon. We'll return after these short messages. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You play in a league uh, in the NBA that pretty much, I mean, a lot has happened in the last two months, but, you know, it's not hard to forget that the NBA essentially really became the leader when it came to said, you know, action should stop. It it, it started that way. How do you think the NBA has handled the situation throughout? And are you optimistic on a return to action? Yeah, um, the NBA has been tremendous in handling this, um, I think, and keeping um, players and team personnel, coaches, front office, everybody involved with or- in the organization, be keeping us uh, informed on a 24-7 basis. I mean, we'll get emails at wee hours of the night because, you know, our league and our, our union is just trying their hardest to keep us informed. And obviously we want to get the league back. We want to get back to playing basketball. But I think everybody's safety and health is, is the most important thing. And I, for Adam Silver and the league to, you know, be on the front line and, everybody um, started to follow suit. So I thought that was brave of the league. But uh, even prior before that, like we had been gearing up for this. I don't think to this extent, but, you know, we had been ready to play f- with no fans um, for a while. You know, that was chattering um, around the league. Uh, it could have been a break. I remember people talking about it could be a two-week break so we can get a grasp of what's going on. Obviously, it's been <laughs> about two months now, but, uh, you know, we, 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 we've had you know, the information for a while Um and every time, you know, there's a new update with the virus, with the world, you know, the NBA is right on it. So they've done a tremendous job of just keeping us informed. And, you know, we'll get back soon, but I think everybody's safety and health is the most important thing for sure. Quinn, I mean, you know, obviously everything stood still because of the pandemic, but how were how you feeling with your team, with the Lakers looking on this season? Were you guys confident enough to, to think that you could go all the way? How Were you feeling optimistic? How were you feeling? Well, I think we have a good shot still. Um, you know, I think we were hitting, you know, our, our stride at the right time. We had some key, key wins um, that we needed um, before the everything came to a halt. But, uh, you know, all in all, we were st- still number one in the West, second best record in the NBA. Um, and, uh, you know, we were still getting better. You know, finally got our roster fully healthy. We, we added some guys, and once everything gets back, man, we, we, we're going to be right back where we left off. And uh, I know the good teams, they're staying in contact. Everybody's it, it, using their resources and improvising to stay in shape. And, you know, I hear guys say, man, it's going to be an asterisk on to whoever wins this year. And I, I believe the opposite. I think whoever wins this year, you know, was the closest team, uh, had the most, you know, grit. And obviously, you know, luck happens. You know, you have to stay healthy. You know, the ball bounces – 
you know, some ways it can bounce your way or, or it can bounce the other way. But we got to stay together through all, all this. And, uh, you know, uh, whoever wins it this year, you know, uh, that deserves it because we all, all 30 teams have been through a lot this season. Have you been keeping in close touch with your teammates on a daily basis? Do you have your own routine? Uh, are there any guidelines that you guys are following as a team uh, in this moment? Really, we're just staying away from each other, just to stand with our family, staying inside. Um, our group chat is still, you know, very active and <laughs> even more active now because right. you know, there's nothing else to do. So uh, guys is on their phone making jokes all day. It's fun. Um, still have to prepare as if, you know, we have to go, you know, back to playing. We don't know when, you know, hopefully it happens soon or hopefully it happens whenever, but hopefully it happens. And we have to prepare as if, you know, we still want to win a championship. So, you know, our leaders, our, our coaches, our, our front office is just keeping everybody, you know, intact with what's going on and keeping that family um, atmosphere and that family feel, even though we can't physically be around each other. So uh, it's been fun, man, just joking with the guys and, and I miss them and hopefully I get to see them soon. So, Quinn, I don't know if you know this, but in the Latino community, we all have big WhatsApp groups, and there's always one annoying person in that WhatsApp group that you got to kind of mute every now and again. Do you, is there one in your in your teammates' WhatsApp group that's just bugging you, that's probably messaging a little too late, a little too early? Uh, <laughs> don't want to get you in I mean, trouble. I mean, everybody has their families. Everybody has, you know, um, what they got going on. So it's not really nobody's annoying. It's literally just jokes. It's what's funny on the Internet. It's fun. It's, 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 it's fun. I think the biggest jokester who doesn't probably stop, uh, Duds, Jared Dudley, he's, he's going all day. He's going all day. He, he's, he's, he's keeping it as active as possible. <laughs> Being diplomatic. I like that. I guess that the, um, you know, you're talking about keeping yourself busy indoors and talking a lot. Um, I, I'm sure that Sunday nights are big with you when you guys are watching the last dance. Have you been watching that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, we, we wait for that like it's the Super Bowl, you know, every week. Uh, it, it's something to look forward to. I know for me, I prepare Sunday like as a game day, man. That's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> the night before, man, last dance tomorrow. Um, you know, I wake up with it. You know, we got five hours for it. Everything has to get done before 6 o'clock. As a basketball fan, this is what we need. Just, you know, you feel like you've seen every Michael Jordan highlight. You've seen every, you know, possible footage out there that you have. And they just come back with just – more footage, more footage that's never been seen. And, you know, I take pride in being a Michael Jordan connoisseur. And I've seen some stuff that I couldn't fathom, you know, be on camera. So it's been great. And, uh, you know, everybody's enjoying it. Aside from being an MJ connoisseur, I know that you also obviously see and saw Kobe Bryant as such a mentor to you, a hero to you. And I know you tweeted about it. How did you react when, you know, episode five began with the tribute to Kobe? Yeah, well, I saw the preview, um, and I saw that he was going to be in episode five. So, you know, I knew it was going to be, um, you know, tough for everybody to watch and really fathom that, you know, uh, he's not here with us. Uh, it's it's still it's still hard, like, to even, yeah. you know, picture that him and Gigi aren't here anymore. And, you know, Kobe had to be in there. Um, just uh, 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 how impactful he was on MJ and on just basketball. Because, you know, for my generation, you know, he was our Michael Jordan. You know, he, he's the guy, him and LeBron are the guys that the older generation would compare to Jordan. And that was a conversation. So, you know, he had to be in there. But the way they put it in there, like just the words and how Michael spoke of Kobe even back then in, in, in 98 in the All-Star game, just before he did anything, really, you know, and just being named the All-Star starter, he captured everybody's attention. 
The little and, Laker uh, boy. <laughs> the little Laker boy. I mean, you got the greatest player in the world, you know, just talking about you before the game. And, you know, just the respect that Kobe had for Mike first and Mike had for Kobe just to, you know, talk to him, give him advice, tell him he, he's always there if you need him. I mean, I know that means a lot to anybody. So uh, it was tough to watch, but I felt good. Like, I felt good watching it. It, it. it was joy just to see Kobe out there with Jordan and see their interactions and see him on camera. Um, years later, and 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 giving in depth um answers, um, I mean, it, it was a great piece. Yeah, and and in this time, as you mentioned, it's it's a, it's good timing because it, it makes you feel connected as a basketball community for sure. Quinn, finally, uh, you also published a children's book called the Cookbook. Um, yeah. tell us a little bit about it because it, it it seems super interesting and and inspirational, I guess. Yeah, it's something I always wanted to do. Uh, my mom gave me a book. Growing up, Michael Jordan book, Salt in His Shoes. Um, it was about Mike. Michael, he was always, I guess, the smallest. He was short. He always, you know, said he wanted to grow. And uh, his mom, you know, I guess it was a, a tradition or a ritual that, that that was believed. If you put salt in the kid's shoes every night, he'll grow. And Mike never believed in it. He never believed in it. And then one day, he went from like 5'9", like 6'4" in the book, and it was a children's book, and I probably read that book till I was about, like, 14, 15, and when I go back to my mom's house, like, I'll go through it a little bit and just reminisce, but uh, I always wanted to do a book. You know, it was perfect time for me, and the cookbook is, you know, just giving kids um, my 10 recipes of success, 10 words, 10 things that I use to get to where I am today, and 10 things that I still use to this day to keep persevering in life, so... uh. Uh, it's amazing, man, that the stuff that uh, that the book has uh, came out to. It's amazing, and I can't wait for, you know, kids and, you know, parents and athletes and, and, and anybody to read it. Absolutely. Lakers point guard Quinn Cook. He also did theater back in the day, so next time I talk to him, I really want to hear a monologue or something. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Quinn. Appreciate you, guys. Thanks for having me. As Quinn Cook said in our conversation, there is still hope for sports to return, but in the meantime, it's never too late to help your own community, in whatever way you can. It's what films such as Basketball County reminds us, that in the end, sports aside, it's about the people that make it happen. Thanks to Quinn Cook for joining me today. We'll continue bringing you these stories throughout the coronavirus crisis. If you like what we're doing, please recommend this to a friend or family member and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You can listen to Coronavirus and Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe or follow us for the latest episodes. Don't forget to stay updated with all Coronavirus and Sports content additionally on SI.com. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.